Welcome to the Unrestricted Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Han, and our mission is to spend 15 minutes each week discussing your eating disorder recovery-related questions. Thank you so much for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Unrestricted Podcast. Today, Han and I will be answering the question, how do I follow through with attacking more at breakfast? And the place that I'd really like to start this episode today is something that really helped me in recovery, where I recognized that I might have had the best of intentions the night before, but often find when I woke up in the morning, I just felt so pulled by the conveyor belt of that eating disorder life. I'd feel really pulled by the routines and that rigidity. And actually, often what I would experience is that that would be particularly strong in the morning. And as the day went on and into the afternoon, evening, I would often feel a a lessening of that and a greater ability to listen to my body and a greater ability to act rebelliously. And this was something that really frustrated me. And I remember when I sort of came across the migration theory And this idea of this adapted to flee famine, which is what the eating disorder is. And I was reading about it. I thought that makes so much sense. This is what is going on here. My body and my brain is in this migratory mode because I've shown it that food is scarce. And what was happening is every morning when you wake up, there is this tendency to go into right migrating eat as little as possible, move as much as possible, ding, ding, ding. It's that busy bee, that conveyor belt existence. And your brain goes into this mode and all of that neural network for that survival response comes in really loud and really strong. And then as the day goes on, there is that physiological, emotional and cognitive kind of sigh of, ah, oh, okay, right, we've done We've done X, Y, and Z for today, right? And there is that little window where you're maybe more able to connect with your body and more able to act rebelliously. And I think for me, recognizing the role that the biology was playing in this pattern that I noticed really helped me to understand what was going on, why my body was doing that, why my brain was doing this. And it helped me to understand that actually, like with all sorts of stuff in recovery, I wasn't going to spontaneously feel ready to just challenge more at breakfast. I wasn't going to spontaneously wake up and think, oh, I just feel like really boldly attacking all day today. I actually had to force myself to really significantly challenge at breakfast, first thing in the morning, the very first thing that I did, and to continue that. And by doing that, that one played as a almost a catalyst for the day in that I was starting in that really strong way. And it also helped to show my brain that food was abundantly available. And on a biological level, that helped to begin to start shifting me out of that migratory state and into that recovery healing place. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that a biological place is always, always the best um, area to begin. I think just to add to that, the um, kind of how much I resonate with going to sleep at night and kind of plotting the best recovery day the next day. And I think that's just uh, really relevant to bring up because in that situation, maybe you've had all of your food for the day and you are in a area of maybe more rest and digest and that is your parasympathetic nervous system yet when it comes to the point of breakfast uh, maybe entering the kitchen in the morning 
which also happens to be a quite undernourished state because you've maybe gone through the um, night hours without eating, you immediately enter that sympathetic nervous system. And that is where we are in our fight, flight, freeze mode. Mm. As I know, most of you listening to this will know. But I think when you are in that, it's very difficult to recognize what's happening. Even though I had so much knowledge when I was in a rational mindset of, okay, this is what happens when I go into the kitchen, I fight, I fight flight or I freeze when I was actually in it I just couldn't identify that that was what was happening I would just kind of got into this vortex of uh, emotions and thoughts and my just response was okay just escape the threat just not now delay whatever it was that was the suggestion just seemed very very valid and true and kind of unavoidable to just slip down that path and I think recognizing that the sympathetic nervous system has um, entered is the is the first port of call that you have to try to bring your awareness to and then trying to do something about that and whether that might need um, some level of uh, breathing work or whether that might need some kind of uh, input from you or whether you need a reminder from someone else that this is the state that you're in and the only way to get out of it is to kind of um, plow on through with the intention that doesn't seem so appealing you have to go ahead exactly as Emily said and act anyway because it is always going to be the case that you'll be trying that you'll be dragged back onto the same old conveyor belt that same old neural network pathway that same rut if you carry on in that sympathetic nervous system that just wants you to escape the threat just for now it will promise that you can do it at another time but it will kind of insist that just right now you cannot cope or you cannot deal with the um, upcoming change that is uh, that was suggested perhaps the night before yeah absolutely and i i remember finding that so frustrating i remember finding it so irritating where i'd have all of the best intentions even all of the best intentions once i opened my eyes in the morning i would think right i'm going to do this i'm going to go downstairs i'm going to make a massive stack of pancakes i am going to do that i'm going to graze on all of the different things whilst i make that i'm going to do that and then get down into that environment into the kitchen and suddenly oh, that stress state kicks in. And you're very, very right there, Han. I think there is a huge amount of value in the awareness of this happening and the awareness of what's going on in that physiological way. And then I think it's about using the tools that help you navigate it. Not that make it nice and lovely and enjoyable, but that make it tolerable and allow you to just keep doing the thing that you have to do. Remember, when we're talking here about breathing tools, about things that you can be doing, grounding yourself, all of this, it's not going to transform that moment into, yay, I'm going to make pancakes. It's not going to. But it is something that you find that resonates for you, that works for you, that turns it from a paralysis, a sort of freeze response of, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. And that strong pull towards that path of least resistance, that more eating disorder online behavior, and actually enables you to be able to go, oh, I know what this is. Okay some deep breaths whatever it might be I used to stick post-it notes around the place as well just on the random kitchen cupboards and things to help I used to hum a jolly tune of some random thing whatever it was that for me enabled me to actually just keep doing it and understanding that actually let go of the fantasy of it being 
amazing and wonderful initially eventually it will be you doing this work right now is carving the way to a place where absolutely you can just wake up in the morning and go down and sing yourself a wonderful song whilst you're joyfully (laughs) making pancakes like that can absolutely be a place that is free and happy and easy but right now let go of that fantasy because often that can get in the way of you doing the thing you need to do in this moment which is actually maybe gritting your teeth and going right yeah I'm going to do some stupid deep breaths because a stupid thing I have to do this for my recovery and I don't don't really want to do it but I'm going to do it and I'm just going to make these pancakes and oh no they've not gone quite right and that's even more annoying. but no I'm just going to get on and just do it and the more you do this the more you move through this the easier and more natural it will become yeah definitely I think uh the the forcing of the follow-through and the kind of um, mechanical eating that you might need to do in this situation is one which when you read recovery content isn't always described so explicitly and perhaps that's not done with um bad intention but I really feel as though the the force required here is something which is often underspoken about Uh, I think we really need to recognize that going in with a good intention is not going to be enough and perhaps going in with an intention to slightly upgrade is also not Mm -hmm. going to be enough and I think leading on from that is this idea of how how you approach a situation in recovery is very important from the um, from the basis that if you approach it with the eating disorder also in the conversation, also making the decisions, the outcome of that is most likely to be that you please neither, neither the recovery or the eating disorder. And I think this was very, very relevant to me at breakfast because I had ideas of the grand changes that I needed to make, let's say that the big bold ones that would have been very overtly pro recovery. And then when it came to breakfast time, sometimes there was a complete just shutdown where I didn't follow through with anything at all. But very, very often there was a one foot in, one foot out kind of tiptoeing that happened. And uh, just one example of that might be I was thinking, okay. I'm going to add um, loads of different toppings to my cereal this morning, which was one part of my breakfast. And uh, initially I thought, okay, I'm going to add banana. I'm going to add nuts. I'm going to add seeds or whatever that might've been. um, They're just examples. And then I would kind of slowly, but surely take away the suggested elements and my head would, I kind of extract the nuts and say, no, I don't really like the nuts, don't really like the texture. And I would come up with all sorts of excuses. And I was left with maybe half a banana added in. And I think in the moment, I would kind of justify that addition and kind of say, oh, gosh, but it's more than I usually do. And I think just the outcome of that every single time was eating disorder irritation that I had not done, not done uh, not kind of carried through with my previous days absolute uh, kind of baseline restriction but then also recovery irritation where I hadn't done the thing which ultimately I set out to do and I think just from my experience all over in recovery when you try to go into a change and allow the eating disorder to have its foot in the door the outcome is always going to be more eating disorder noise because you've done something, but not enough to um, kind of validate the recovery uh, side of things, actually feeling genuinely and quite authentically good despite the noise. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think this is that thing where we come back to the importance of being bold. And I resonate entirely with this, that actually where I was maybe more tentative, where I was holding hands with eating disorder, actually you do come away. And it's frustrating because eating disorder is a bit disgruntled and a bit irritated. And you know deep down that you that wants to recover is thinking, oh, and you kick yourself again. One thing I want to say at this point is if this happens, because this is recovery. We're not in the realms of the perfect. We're not swapping perfectionism of the eating disorder for perfectionism recovery. Remember that if you finish a breakfast and you get that glimmer of, oh, I should have done it right then go right then in that moment, go and take action. Be bold in that moment. You don't have to wait to the next breakfast tomorrow to do it. You can go right there and then in that moment and stepped back from that, you know, set yourself up to win, get rid, cupboard sweep, all of the stuff that you know is safe, that you know is eating disorder approved. Put yourself in the best possible position that you can to be bold and to be rebellious and to do the thing that you need to be doing to really be plowing forwards. And be vigilant as well about the tendency for the eating disorder to want to keep you looking backwards. It will want to keep you looking in the direction that is behind you to look at oh but this is more than you were doing oh but this is this is more toppings than we were having and oh but you didn't used to have toast with this or you didn't do da, 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 da. whatever it might be remember there is a reason why the rearview mirror is a lot smaller than the windscreen you're not going backwards you're going forwards you need to look forwards you need to be looking at the place that place where you are totally and utterly free and the distance between there and now and closing that gap and that is something that's going to require bold require bold rebellious action taking and attack yeah oh I absolutely love that I've never heard that before what you said about the windscreen but um, obviously so true in this context and so many others where it's been uh, an opportunity to learn of what's happened but then just to move forward with all of the resources that you have gathered from that and I think so much of recovery is a case of replacing the like self-deprecation or uh, the kind of chastisement of what's happened in the past just mm. with compassion for okay but how do I move forward with that right now and actually look after myself in this situation I think the rebellious actions required here uh, in in terms of the food they are kind of pretty obvious it's increasing the base portion size it's swapping and changing maybe that the entire thing it's more add-ins and more abundant seconds thirds drinks whatever it may be but from like a very practical level with behavior things I also think it's really important to look at what your maybe current eating disorder regime might look like and try to absolutely fit that so for me uh, it was really really important to just take a look at the the kind of rut that I felt myself in and really just try to overhaul that so for some people that might look like stop dilly-dallying eat immediately for other people that might look like um, just personal particularities like I prefer to eat in silence in that case put the radio on if your eating disorder likes you to eat slowly speed it up all of those things that the eating disorder has a preference of just try to do the most direct opposite actions and I think that's when you you kind of climb out of the rut that you were in the day before or maybe for however long before it was. And you have a very, very different mindset and approach. And I think that mindset is everything. When you just try to kind of be in the very same situation as, as a previous time when you were locked into the eating disorder, 
I think it's it's almost like you are trying to um, struggle your way out of this rut. If you can just take a step out of that, and I know that makes it sound easier than it actually is in reality, but really try to, from the get-go, align your um, neural pathway in a completely different direction. I often found that to be the best approach rather than the kind of slight tweaking of the already um, already known to be disordered path. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with this. I feel like that message to be going away with is the boldness, the mm-hmm. need to force that change, not to sit and wait to feel ready to do it or wait till it feels like the right time to force that change, to be mechanical with it and to really lean into the boldness of the action taking. So on that note, I feel like we can nicely wrap up there. Mm-hmm really really good to talk to everyone today really good to answer this question if anyone has any other questions please do send them over to either myself or han and on that note thank you very much for listening we'll see you next time thanks very much for listening bye-bye bye